Welcome to the Sunday message from Hollyview Church in Boring, Oregon. We gather every Sunday morning as a worshiping community of Jesus followers on mission to see God glorified in our lives, our cities, and around the world. At Hollyview, the Bible serves as our foundation and guide for both life and ministry. It tells the story of God and the story of us. We believe the better we know the themes and flow of the biblical story, the better we will be able to find our little place in God's grand storyline. Thank you for joining us. And now we continue our study in the book of Proverbs chapter 9, in verses 13 to 18. Pastor Joel Woodard brings us the message, The Way of Foolishness. I want to begin the message this morning by reading from Proverbs 14 and verse 11. Proverbs 14 and verse 11. Just We're going to read two uh, verses as we get our minds around um, Proverbs. Proverbs 14 and verse 11 says, The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. There is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way to death. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Let's, let's stop again and pray. Lord, as we approach your scripture, uh, you promise that your word speaks through your spirit as it convicts and challenges and draws us uh, closer to you. So, Lord, I pray that as we look at your words uh, this morning, written uh, so long ago, but so prevalent for us today, every day, that we are striving to follow after you. So I pray that you would open our eyes. You would uh, allow us to see what you'd have us see. Open our ears, Lord. Quiet the other voices and that we could uh, clearly hear you calling us. And Lord, soften our hearts that we would understand the words of life uh, for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're starting this year with a, a short proverb, uh, series in the book of Proverbs. We're doing three weeks. This is actually the second week. Uh, so if you weren't here last week, that's okay. You'll, you'll catch up uh, very quickly. Three weeks in the book of uh, Proverbs, before we jump into the book of James in the New Testament, uh, which really parallels the book of Proverbs uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, last week, I taught you two Hebrew words, uh, and this is a, a test. I know it's been a whole uh, week, uh, but can you remember the word for proverb in Hebrew? Proverb. Mashal. Hey, Don, you're on game today. Uh, mashal. Remember grandma wears a shawl, mashal. Uh, it's this idea of laying aside of, of Two things. It's a casting aside, comparing and contrasting two things. In Hebrew, it's normally in parallelism uh, that we saw that. And, and these parallel uh, ideas and symbols and lines, they point us to one thing called wisdom. And that was the other Hebrew word that I taught you last week. If you remember that? Chokmah. Yeah, hook your grandma. Chokmah. Uh, so we have a mashal in, in chukmah, chukmah uh, which is wisdom. Now, last week we talked about wisdom, and it's not this uh, facts or knowledge in your, in your head as much as it is uh, this truth that's being uh, born out in your life in a skill or a talent or a craft. There's action, there's knowledge, and then put to action with prudence, uh, that becomes chokmah or, or wisdom. And so we looked at the way of wisdom last week, and this week, uh, especially if it's your first week, uh, you'll have to come back next week too, because uh, this week we're going to look at the way of foolishness, uh, but it's, it's compared to the way of wisdom. If you heard last week, I used the way of wisdom, and I illustrated it with my friend Harry. Uh, Harry had just gotten out of jail, and he was 21. 
Uh, he had five kids living at home, and we uh, got connected. Uh, he accepted the Lord in jail, got connected to our church, and we were walking side beside him for a year and uh, a half as he was finding this way of wisdom. That wisdom was available to even Harry, uh, out in and out of jail, all his youth, no father, uh, lots of debt and problems and everything, but there was a way of wisdom that was available to, to Harry, and he was he was making those decisions as he was walking along. Last week we, we saw there's five characteristics of the way of wisdom. There's an intentional effort. Uh, there, there is this purposeful planning and movement. There is a peace associated with the way of wisdom. Uh, the way of wisdom is known by this sacrifice, but it's also available. It's available to anyone. Uh, but at the end, we saw that this way of wisdom had to be pursued. There was this intentional pursuit of wisdom. It, you don't wake up uh, in 10 years and you're just wiser without pursuing it uh, in every day of your life. And in the end, we saw that that way of wisdom leads to, to light. And lots of people this week have asked me, well, what happened to, what happened to Harry? Well, there are lots of ups and downs in life. We all know that. There are lots of good decisions you make and bad decisions you make. So before we get to our anchor text at the end of Proverbs 9 today and look at the way of foolishness, I want to bring you back to Harry's story. And I actually want to tell you about a tragic turn. Uh, in the story. You see, we walked with Harry for a year and a half uh, as he made these decisions every day, and they, they were difficult decisions, but he was, he was building this house of wisdom. He, there's a picture of him being baptized, bringing his kids to church, working a solid job, trying to budget, trying to get out. I mean, just every day, uh, making these decisions, listening to the voice of wisdom calling and going, today I'm going to choose to follow the way of wisdom. For, for a year and a half, uh, we, we did that. But the whole time we were, we were doing that, there was actually another voice that was screaming in Harry's ear, uh, another voice that was enticing him to go a different uh, direction. Um, it all came to a culmination. It was a, it was a very sunny Saturday afternoon in the spring. Uh, I got a call from Leanna, who was very shaken up, and you could see her, hear her voice is really kind of kind of urgency in her voice and said, you need to get over here now. It's, I remember, Harry's acting the fool. It, you could hear things crashing in the background and screams. Something was going on. Something that had, had tipped Harry over, and he, he was acting the fool. Uh, I rushed over to their house. They were living in Troutdale. The Lord had provided uh, like a 3,000-square-foot house for them with all their kids. It was amazing uh, what he had done. I get to the door of this house that I've been to many times. I pull up to the entrance. Uh, I walk up to the door, and there I see their five kids behind the glass uh, door, um, all just waiting. They knew I was coming, so they were just waiting behind the glass door. And, and I get there, and I open the door, and the kids are like, Mom and Dad are fighting again. Uh, I might cry a little bit in this because this there's a lot of emotion in this for me. Uh, I hear those kids, and I, I remember talking to them something, but, but before uh, I could even remember what I was even talking to them about, I heard the screams in the backyard. And Harry and Leanna, his wife, were going at it. They were, they were mad and fighting. Uh, so I made my way through their house to their backyard where Harry and Leanna were just, I mean, I'm sure the whole neighborhood could, could hear them. So I stepped out. Uh, and I, you know, I just want to bring some calm to the situation. So I was like, it's like, hey, 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 let's let's just take it easy. Let's just take a breath. Just tell me what's going on, Harry. Just just take a step back. Where, how did we get to this spot? Let, let's let's just calm down and let, let's talk. 
of which Harry, he was, he was just out, he was out of his mind at that moment. He was so angry. Well, there was a little space between them, so I stepped between them to try and calm him down. Hey, Harry, just talk to me. Just talk to me. Let's calm, calm down. Of which he turned around. I remember this. He turned around with a clenched fist and started walking towards me. And I thought, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> I'm going to get totally beat up. Harry, Harry was, he was, a, he was a strong scrapper of a kid, and I'm thinking, I'm going to get beat up. But I didn't want to, like, leave, because then I'm like, oh, just beat up Leanne. That, like, <laughs> then what kind of a wimp would I be, right? So I'm stuck, like, oh, no. Just like, I must have been even grimacing, like, oh, here it comes. And, and, and just about three feet in front of me, Harry slams his phone on the ground. It shatters, and he turns around and walks, walks off. So I breathed a sigh of relief, gave him a little bit of space, and then walked in and calmed him down until I was finally able to walk with him and, and heard the story. What's going on, Harry? Well, he had gotten home, and he, and he saw the cigarette butt in the driveway, and it was, a, it was the cigarette, the same brand that he knew this other guy had smoked, and he was convinced that Harry was cheating, or Leanna was cheating on him. And he went off to this rage. Leanna's cheating. He, all he heard in his voice is, you're all alone, no one cares, no one's going to protect you, no one's looking after you, you have to do it yourself. All he heard was this voice is, make them fear you, show them how powerful you are, don't back down, no one cares about you. That was the voice that he heard in his head yelling at him, and there was no reasoning. He, he, he wouldn't listen. He was only listening to those voices in, in his head. Well, we did get him to calm down, and we separated them for, for the night. Uh, they got back together later that night, uh, supposedly in a good, a good spot, down from the emotions. And the next time I heard from Harry was in the middle of the night. He called me, and he said, Leanna tried to take her life. Can you come pick me up and go to the hospital? Well, she recovered uh, from that. She'd taken a bunch of pills. She recovered. Uh, but their marriage never did. Uh, that house that they were building of wisdom, listening to how God's plan for uh, our lives, this walking this path of wisdom, uh, he had made a couple fatal steps off the way of foolishness, and the house came crumbling down. It's actually very tragic. But Harry, in that moment, was convinced that what he was doing, how he was responding, was doing the right thing. It was the only thing he could think of. This is the right way to handle this situation. And in the end, it led to destruction. Now, just like Harry thought that the path that he was on was the right path, leading, uh, leading the right way, the way of wisdom, it actually ended up in destruction. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Uh, now, the way of death in Proverbs is often associated with the way of foolishness. Foolishness ends in, in death. So we're all sitting here, we're going, well, then how do you know if you're walking on the way of wisdom or the way of foolishness? I mean, maybe you're doing everything you think is, yes, this is the right way to respond. It seems right to me. I'm taking all the information I have and I'm responding in the way that I think is best. How do I know that I'm not on the way of, that's going to lead, in fact, to death? Well, it brings back to our Proverbs today. Uh, if you have your Bibles, open to Proverbs 9. It's on 450, 494 in your pew Bible, if you want to open your pew Bible, page 494. 
Last week we considered the five characteristics of the way of foolish or wisdom, and this week we'll see the five characteristics of the way of foolishness. As, as the writer of Proverbs is putting these together and putting the way of wisdom next to the way of uh, foolishness. So Proverbs 9.13, let's look at five characteristics of the way of foolishness. Beginning in verse 13. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, and the bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. We'll stop right there at the end of the chapter. If you remember last week, uh, wisdom is actually calling from the highest places as well. And she's calling the, the same line that the foolishness is calling. They're both, they're both calling to the same people, to the same place, uh, the same even line. Look in verse 4. If you go back in your book, chapter 9 and verse 4, wisdom is calling out. Whoever is simple, let him turn and hear. To him who lacks sense, she says. But then the words change a little bit. There's a little bit different content, though. The characteristics of the way of foolishness uh, set next to the way of wisdom are, are here contrasted so that you see the way of foolishness that hopefully you'll be able to choose the way of wisdom. Listen to the voice of the Lord. So here's the five characteristics. Number one, I'm just going to walk through this passage and uh, point out the characteristics of the way of foolishness. Number one, it demands attention. It demands attention. In verse 13, it says, folly is loud, it's brash, it's in your face. It wants you to hear and to see her. You know, when I stepped in that door of Harry's house, the, uh, the only thing I heard was their yelling in the backyard. Now, I remember I talked to those kids, but I actually don't remember what, I said, what they said or even what we talked about, because all I could hear was, was Harry and Leanna yelling in the backyard. I knew I walked through that house, and I'm positive I passed through a laundry basket because there was always one out that needed clothes folded in it. But, but I don't remember that. The only thing I remember was the screams and the yelling in the backyard because that's what, that's what folly is. That's what foolishness is. It's the loudest voice in the room. It wants to get your attention. It's louder than all the other voices to bring chaos and confusion and doubt and there are voices in our world that are like that all around us. You need to pay attention to me. Look at me. You need this. You deserve this. It causes confusion and chaos. And the loudest voices that we hear, we hear in like politics and friends and family and social media. They're all over. But the loudest voice does not make it right. Folly demands our attention. Here's number two, if you're taking notes. Number two, it promises what it can't deliver. It promises something, some answer to something, some, some salvation for something, but at the end it doesn't deliver. Verse 13 says that she is seductive and knows nothing. Foolishness is loudly saying nothing. It's like a 1965 Shelby Mustang GT350 with no engine. It's got this beautiful appearance and this promise of power and speed, but when you step in it, you're like, it's, it's empty. Um, when we were in Slovenia, we were missionaries over there, and this was before the time of streaming. 
so that's a long time ago. Uh, so people used to tape shows for us, and especially football games, and send them on VHS tapes. Uh, and, and send us over. There were several people that did that, and we loved it because all the way, otherwise we'd just hear Slovene on television. This was a nice break. And they'd often like tape the commercials uh, in them as well, which is really fun to see because we don't know what's happening uh, in, in the States. And one time there's this commercial that came on that was for these Hershey kisses with peanut butter in the middle. Now, Amy was pregnant at the time, but we were both like dialed into this thing, and we see this commercial, and it's like, you know how they do it. Like, if, if you've ever ta never tasted anything like this, this is finally going to solve all of your cravings for chocolate. And we get to the end of this 30-cent commercial, and Amy says, that's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still a joke in our house. Like, we're like, oh, that's what we need. Well, somebody actually, uh, she told somebody that, and they sent us over a, a package of uh, Hershey's with uh, peanut butter in the middle. Has any of you tried those? Yeah, they're not that great. <laughs> it promised something. Like, it promised, oh, if you just try these, you'll never want any other candy or candy bar. And then we tried them, and we're like, yeah, it doesn't really, it doesn't really fulfill us. Um, that's still a joke. That's what we need. See, foolishness, it promises to save us from our discontent, our fears, our burden, our boredom, our burdens, our, our meaningful life. It, it looks on, on the outside, it looks like, boy, this is amazing. But then you open it up and it's just empty in the middle. It never is satisfied. It actually leaves you more hungry, wanting more. It promises what it can't deliver. So don't make decisions in life just simply based on appearances. Foolishness demands our attention. It promises what it can't deliver. Here's, here's point number three. It sits in apathy. It sits in apathy. Verse 14 says, she sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat at the high place. If you remember back to last week, wisdom, wisdom was working hard, building her house, uh, cutting out these pillars, uh, slaughtering something, preparing her table, mixing her wine, making her bread. Wisdom was full and active. And, and here we have uh, foolishness just sitting there. She doesn't do anything. She just, she just sits. She, she sits at the door of her house. She finds a, a seat at the high place. And there she just scrolls through her phone searching for nothing, binges on YouTube video after YouTube video, just taking it easy, relaxing, sits in apathy. You know, I, I think for most of us, there's times in life when we try things and we fail. Uh, this ministry fail, affair might be a fail. We're, we're trying it. We're, we're going to see how, how it's going to be. And sometimes you're defeated or sometimes you make a mistakes, but more often the not, foolishness calls out, and it speaks to us. Is it really worth it? Should you even really try? I mean, that's really not safe. You're kind of risking something there, and it just begs us, just put your weapon down. It's not worth it. Just give up and walk off the battlefield. And we take a seat in safety. Why work so hard? What's, what's, so, what's so worth it? to give of yourself. And I feel like even uh, this Western uh, culture, this, this entertainment just laws us into just sitting there. Just, just relax. 
And that's foolish this way to, to get you to sit that's going to lead you to destruction. It just sits in apathy. Number four, fourth characteristic of the way of foolishness. It calls the unsuspecting. In verse 15, foolishness is calling to those going straight on their way. It's calling to those who, who aren't looking for it. They've actually made lots of good decisions. They're, they're heading the right way. They've been faithful day after day after day for like a year or even a year and a half until they let their guard down. Or they, maybe they feel confident. Okay, I think I got it from here. Or, or maybe that's a bit of pride. Look at me now. I'm doing really well. And that's when foolishness calls out. It, it distracts. It disorients. It, it brings doubts. It entices. It makes it seem really good. Now, we saw last week, just like wisdom is available to absolutely everyone, even Harry, who's just gotten out of jail, foolishness is actually available to absolutely everyone as well. If you have been wise and you've had your guard up for a long time, you're in a good position in life, be on your guard because foolishness is whispering to you, calling out. You know, when Harry came home that day, he wasn't ready. A year and a half... He had struggled to make the right decisions day after day after day, listening to the way of wisdom, getting counsel from other people. He was settled in a home. He had the rhythms, the routines. He knew what was, he was doing. And whatever, for whatever reason that day, he came home, and maybe he thought, I can handle it from here on out. I'm strong enough. Maybe he had some pride in him, like, well, look how far I've come. I know what to do. Maybe he was just being in, enticed by his own pride or security to, to lash out. But he, whatever, for whatever reason it was, he was not ready that day. And he steps out of his car and see that cigarette butt. He watches his house crumble from there. See, it calls the unsuspecting. Foolishness is going to whisper to you when you think you are strong enough to handle it. When you've lived a year and a half uh, addiction-free, that's when foolishness is going, well, you're strong enough, just maybe this once. Here's the fifth and, and final one. The way of foolishness is marked by stolen pleasure. Stolen pleasure. Verse 17 says, stolen water is sweet which is a weird phrase, isn't it? Stolen water is sweet. Bread eaten in secret is pleasant. It's sweet. It's, it's pleasant. Well, water, all through the book of Proverbs, is really used as a symbol for something else. So just a little bit before Proverbs 9, you see that water is used for this idea or this symbol of a relationship between a husband and a wife, this intimate relationship. So, so stolen water then is going, oh, I'm looking to someone else to fulfill those needs that I have or those desires that I have. Stolen water is looking to someone else. Foolishness says, if you just had that, then you'd be fulfilled. You'd finally be happy if you, just, if you just had that. Just scroll on social media and you'll see all kinds of ways foolishness is saying, look at that family, aren't they just dialed in? And you're just a mess. You should be more like that. It's baiting you just to take one more step into it. Just one more, just try. Isn't this sweet? Isn't this pleasant? Just take one more step in and like a, a hook on a fish, it's going to 
dig in and take you where you don't want to go. It's like a, a donkey, you can picture it. A donkey with a carrot tied out in front of it that's dangling. And, and the donkey pursues that carrot, but he's never going to get that carrot because it's always just in front of him. It's like a dog chasing its tail around and around and around. He's going to get it someday. It's right there for you, but it's never going to satisfy. And that road of foolishness is actually going to lead to destruction. Foolishness says you're missing out on life. God's holding out on you. And it takes us back to the Garden of Eden where, where the serpent tells uh, Eve, did God really, I mean, did I really say that? It's the foolishness that says you're missing out on this. Just take it. Look at everyone else and take what they have. You deserve it. And the way of foolishness leads to destruction. The mashal, the way of wisdom, compared and set beside the way of foolishness. The problem that we have, though, is that we stand at the entrance of, to both of these houses that they're, they're called in Proverbs 9. There's entrances to two houses, and, but we can't see into them. And, and so it's a, it takes a bit of faith to know which road to go on. I often think of it like if you're at a trailhead and there's like two, road, two paths on a trailhead, then marking them down, but you can't see to the end of both those trailheads. As soon as it bends in the woods, then you've, lo you've lost it and you can't see. But this way of wisdom and way of foolishness, though, though they, they almost sound so similar, they end in such different places. Last week we saw that the way of wisdom ends in life and fulfillment and knowing and understanding and knowledge. The way of foolishness, on the other hand, leads to death. Look at Proverbs 9.18. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. I just want to ask you this morning, which path are you on? Which decision are you making day by day? Uh, and, and maybe you think I'm making the right decisions, but it's actually leading you to destruction, and you don't even know it. Or, or maybe you're on the way of wisdom that's leading you to life. We do know that Proverbs says there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. So, so I want to encourage you this morning to consider which voices you're listening to, which road you're taking, which decisions you're making. Uh, are you making the, the decision based on the way of foolishness or the way of, of wisdom? How often they sound the same, calling from the same place to the same people. So how do we know which is which? I want to invite you to come back next week. <laughs> uh, this week, just pray a lot. No, you know. Read God's Word. Next week, we're going to look in Proverbs. We're actually going to take the middle portion of Proverbs 9, and we're going to see two tools that God gives us all through the book of Proverbs. There's two words that he gives us and two actions that we need to do to know which one of these roads we are actually going on. These two words we'll find out next week to help us navigate to the path of life so that we can walk the way of wisdom. Let me, let me pray, and then we'll transition to something else. Thank you. Lord, uh, all of us need wisdom in life. Lord, for the people that have walked uh, close to you for 80 years, Lord, help them not let their guard down and at the end be disgraced or humiliated because they choose the wrong path. Lord, I pray that you would keep... Um, 
our seniors here at Hollyview, keep them strong, keep them models for the young people, help them know that um, that the voice of foolishness is, is even whispering to them and help them choose the right path so that we could look at them and, and follow after them, that they could give us those ways to go. And Lord, I, I pray for, uh, for anyone here who, who feels like oh, I'm doing everything right, I'm trying to do everything right, and they don't even know that they're walking the way of foolishness that ends in destruction. And so Lord, I, I pray that you uh, would quiet that other voice that even in these next few minutes, they would hear your voice talking to them, the, the words that bring peace and satisfaction and meaning and hope. Lord, that they would be able to take that step off the way of foolishness and onto the path of wisdom. Lord, that we would hear you calling to each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message from Hollyview Church. We invite you to join us in person for our worship service every Sunday morning at 1030. You can find us on Southeast 257th Avenue, just off of Highway 212 between Boring and Damascus, Oregon, or find us online at hollyviewchurch.com. Together, we are being shaped by the gospel, rooted in God's word to share God's grace and truth. Again, whether online or in person, thank you for joining us here at Hollyview Church.